Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show this week. As you know, my favorite time of the week, and today I get to present to you somebody that I've known for a really long time, but I had never read his books before, and I devoured them, literally devoured the three books he has written, uh, published by Poison Pren Press and Source Books, and I'm blown away, so blown away that I reached out to him and said, Tom, you have to come on the show. I want you on the show. I I just love everything you're doing. And he graciously said, yes. So it's fun when I get to introduce you to people that have taken different turns and twists in their lives because that's really what life is all about, understanding how you, you can move through and navigate when you should make a shift, when you shouldn't make a shift, and what if the shift doesn't go so well. And on top of it, I get to introduce you to um, an author whose books you must be reading if you like any books that challenge you, are sleuthy, are, are books that just make you keep guessing from page to page. So Tom Kais, welcome to my show. Thanks, Laura. And aren't you just the sweetest thing to say so many nice things? <laughs> well, you know, you and I have known each other, I'm trying to figure out how long now, at least since the mid-90s, I think. Oh, easily. Yeah, that was, uh, that was back in our Connecticut days when I was working for a newspaper. Um, and and we, we were all just social animals back then. Yeah, and before the show started, you and I were talking about how things have certainly shifted in the way social business engagements happen now than when they did back then. Yeah, um, actually, that's that's kind of reflected in um, the three mysteries. The uh, the the protagonist um, works for a newspaper, just like I used to work for a newspaper, um, and and she likes to party. She she likes to drink a little too much, which was uh, that's how newspapers were run. They were hard uh, hard charging. They worked hard. They played hard, and uh, you know a lot of a lot of folks drank a little too much. You know, when I first started out in business, and even when I was growing up watching my dad go to business meetings and stuff, it was definitely the two martini lunches, and more business got done at the lunches or at the afterwards or at the golf course than they did anywhere else. So when I was reading your books, I went, yeah, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens yeah. <laughs> that we don't do. Yeah, there's... We, we, we did do a lot of business in bars, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, look, the world has certainly changed. And, you know, you're, in addition to you having worked for newspapers for the majority of your career, now you're, you head a chamber of commerce in North Carolina, and you've written three amazing books. Now, you know, I knew you could write. You worked for a newspaper. And, you know, I've, I've seen you edit things. You used to even look over some of the articles I wrote for the newspaper. and But to become this author who has written books on the level of um, Michael Connolly, Lee Child, um, you know, I, c- I could go on and on and on with the books 
that compare you to other authors, but you stand alone. So I just want to tell you. Aww. I'm I'm gonna make me make you my publicist. That's <laughs> you're gonna have you're gonna have to have another full time job here. Well, you know, for me, books have always been an escape, a way for me to turn off my brain that never seems to stop, so that I can get lost in the words and a world of something that somebody else has created. It's been that way for my entire life since I was a little girl. My mother used to get frustrated with me because 2, 3 o'clock in the morning she would find me underneath the covers with a flashlight because I just had to keep finishing some book that I've read. Um, she's in heaven now still yelling at me because when I read your <laughs> three books, um, that the, the most recent one, Graveyard Bay, coming out in September, um, Random Random Road as well was one of them, and Darkness. Darkness Darkness Lane. Yep, that was the second Lane was, was the other. I, I literally was up all night long reading them. Uh-huh. Of course, that's what you really want, want to hear uh, as a writer. You, you want to have somebody come back and tell you that I, just, I could not put this book down. And uh, makes me want to write some more. I actually have, uh, I'm, I'm commissioned to do a fourth book, uh, theoretically to be released in September of 2020, as long as I can get the manuscript to my publisher by December 1st. And uh, that one has a tentative title, Shadow Hill. Um, same characters, but they're they're all you know they're they're all growing and evolving, and um, you know I have a lot of fun with the characters for one thing. They're just they're they're fun to write. All right, so let's talk about that because, and and I also sort of want to talk about how you ended up moving into this genre of writing. But your main character is a journalist, which great, you know, wonderful. You, you write a world you know in a location that you know that is great, but your main character is Geneva Chase, a woman. Yeah, and I know. that's not something most men are writing, but yet when I read this character, she is so fleshed out, so multidimensional. And because I know you, I'm going, okay, is that reflective of somebody I know? Is it not somebody I know? But for you to write your debut novel and your two other novels in this completely different way of thinking, I mean, what was going through your mind, Tom? <laughs> well, first of all, I, I hadn't started out writing as a woman. This, just to be right up front with you, this was my fifth, Random Road was my fifth attempt at getting a novel published, and I wanted to do it the old-fashioned way. I wanted to have an agent, and I wanted to have a contract with a publisher, and I wanted them, you know, I wanted a publicist, and the whole thing. So, Random Road, I started writing that uh, with two voices. One, uh, Geneva Chase, the reporter, and the other one was a uh, male, Kevin Bell. And I would do one chapter as one voice, and a second chapter as the other voice, but I discovered that while Kevin Bell was such a nice guy, Geneva Chase was a, uh, just a snarky smartass. I mean, she, she, was, um, she was fun to write. She could say things that I couldn't say. Now, I had to carry it off writing as a woman, because obviously I'm not a woman, but I am a, a keen observer. And, I, and, and you know me. You knew me back in the Connecticut days. Um, I, I love the company of women. And uh, I like to, I, I watch them. 
um, without trying to be creepy. <laughs> you just, you know, I, I watch the move, how they dress, uh, how they speak. And Geneva Chase is really based on uh, two real-life individuals I used to work with uh, back in Connecticut. And do they know that? <laughs> oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, in the acknowledgments of, uh, of Darkness Lane, um, I thank them both as being the voice inside my head while I'm, I'm uh, writing Geneva Chase. And uh, the very first book, Random Road, I was going to thank them then. But they both said, look, you know, uh, Geneva Chase, she, you know, she's, she's an alcoholic. Uh, you know, she makes bad life decisions. She's fun to read, but I'm not sure I want my name attached to that. Well, we did so well with Random Road. Both of them said, um, yeah, you can put it in the acknowledgments that you're thinking about us while you're writing her. You know, that's interesting because I remember when I wrote my book, and, you know, my book was nonfiction versus yours being fiction, mm -hmm. but there were moments and thoughts when I was writing it that were stories about actual things that happened in my life. And I remember my literary attorney saying, don't write anything that can be traced back to somebody unless it's total truth. But in this case, with fiction... You're you're taking different pieces of individuals, but then adding another overlay. So I can understand why they would be a little concerned, thinking, "Oh my God, everybody's going to think we're complete crazy psycho drunks." Yeah, I know. And and in reality, they're not. Um, Geneva was just you know, it's a, she's a figment of imagination. But uh, you know, I I do have people's voices in my head when I when I write characters, and I I have physical, I, I see them in my head while I'm writing them as well. And just to let you know, I was, I was only going to do uh, just the one Geneva Chase book. It was, it was kind of a one-off. You read the book, you know, it's got a kind of a tidy little ending. Um, but when I went to Phoenix to visit going. my publisher, well, I'm sorry? I wanted it to keep going, though, at the end of the book. <laughs> I, I know. Well, so did my publisher. She, I had lunch with her, and she said, look, we want you to do two more Geneva Chase books over the next two years. And, um, okay, so I've delivered. And uh, now they want a fourth. So, uh, Geneva, I'm, I guess I'll stick with her for a little while longer. All right. Now, as a, a writer writing a series of books with a number of characters that completely interplay, a, a friend of mine and somebody I had the blessing to interview at her 35th anniversary as um, a published author, that um, Random House ran for her, Debbie Maycomber. She writes all these books that have interlocking characters. Cedar Cove was a big series. Very different kind of books than the books that you write. But writing about these characters over time, she, one of the things she says is, like you, she sees them, right? She hears them, she sees them. And, I mean, she's written a series of books that have become movies and um, Hallmark Channel series and things like that. When you started writing this, did you see that maybe this could go beyond books or you just wanted to write the books? Oh, I, I would love to go have it go beyond books. Um, and, I, you know, who knows? My agent uh, at one point in time was an actress. And her husband is a retired entertainment attorney. So they've both got showbiz 
uh, backgrounds. And uh, she does work with another uh, literary agency that specializes in bringing books to, to movies or to Netflix or whatever. And I, I have long discussions with folks about who I think should play Geneva Chase and who they think should play Geneva Chase. It's always interesting to, to find out how people are visualizing Geneva Chase versus how I, I see her. I guess my question to you is, who, do you, who would you like to see play Geneva Chase in a movie? Oh, I should have prepared for that question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I interviewed James Rollins recently at an event he was doing, and I asked him the, a similar question about who did he see as the actor in some of in his characters, because he has, like you, characters that go from book to book to book. And he said, I never want to say that because it's always up to the, the reader because they all have their own unique idea of who that character is. Like, who would have thought if you read the Jack Reacher books, you never would have pictured Tom Cruise in the role because the main character looks like he's, gonna, he's supposed to be seven feet tall. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. That Tom Cruise was definitely... I, th- I think he did a, a good job with the movie, but he—he's not—he doesn't look like uh, Jack Reacher in my head. Right, he doesn't either. But he masterfully kind of put the feeling of the character into it. Yeah, he did. At least in the first yep. one, the second script was not as good as the first one. So, I mean, if I sit here and I go, who would be Geneva Chase? I have a really hard time because I can see like four or five different people in the character, including, like, uh, Jessica Chastain. Mm-hmm. Um, quite honestly, now, I, I, I can go to great lengths in describing characters, and I've been complimented by uh, a lot of professionals on, on being able to visualize uh, locations and uh, people. But with Geneva Chase, I, I have written minimally about what she looks like. She's tall. She's blonde. Uh, and beyond that, you don't know much about her other than the fact that she's around 40, um, and she's, she's pretty enough where men still hit on her. Um, but uh, I, I haven't written a real complete description about her, because I wanted people to, to be able to visualize her as they, as they wanted to. And that's a definite technique, right? So if you were... if. I have a number of my listeners who want to write books, Tom. To be honest, everybody seems to want to write a book, but only 1% of the people that want to write a book actually do it, and probably half of that 1% actually have a successful, no, maybe 20% of that 1% actually have a successful book that sells more than copies to their friends and family. So when you're trying to create a character, what would you say to prospective writers? Uh, when you're creating a character, what you need to do is, is make them relatable. Um, and that means you've got to give them uh, traits that uh, you like to see in people that you like to be with or that you feel are, are special to yourself. But you also have to make them flawed because everybody has flaws. You just can't make them so flawed that uh, it turns people off. And I've had people who, who haven't liked Geneva Chase uh, because, you know, she's, 
she's a little bit flawed, but she, her heart's in the right place. I mean, she's got a dog, and um, she's raising this, this, this teenager that's not even hers. So, I mean, she, she really wants to do the right thing, but she, she's like all of us. Sometimes she makes mistakes. It, it's a balancing act, though. I mean, I, my listeners, yeah. a lot of them are entrepreneurs as well, and it's sort of like they're writing the characters of their business. And a lot of them don't want to show the flaws inside their business because they're afraid that nobody will buy from them if they know that there's a flaw. You're the head of a chamber of commerce. You were a journalist for years and very active in the chamber of commerce. What, what do you say to that when people read these books and see you? At, you know, you're not just an author. You're a brand now. Yeah, um, when you write, you're you're really putting your soul on an, on a sheet of paper. You're 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 bearing everything. Um, just to give you some for instances, I I did a I I do a weekly I'm sorry I do a blog every two weeks uh, called Type M for Murder, and um, I recently did something about writing characters, and it's almost it's like having uh, split personalities. You're, you've got multiple personalities, and because all those people in that book, there's some of you in every one of those characters. You have created those characters, and that's the good guys, and that's the bad guys. And you start to wonder, you know, it's my, you've, written, you've read my books. The bad guys can be pretty bad. Um, where did, you know, where do they come from? But it's, it's, it's all you in some way, shape, or form. Yes, but it's, you know, like in a fiction book, it's very easy to let things go to extremes. I mean, oh my God, your characters in Graveyard Bay, the the murders, the the stories behind it, the places where you place things. And everybody, Graveyard Bay doesn't come out till September 10th. So you can pre-order it on Amazon. But Tom's first two books are available wherever books are sold. They're they're really wonderful. But like in your latest book, Graveyard Bay, there's businesses underlined in here that you take from book one, book two, book three, and those businesses are based on businesses that you've seen and know as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah. It, 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 and it's easier to describe something if, if you have been to it. Um, and in some cases, I'll, I'll take a lot, like a lot of photographs of a location that I think would lend itself well to a book. And then uh, I'll, I'll take a look at the photographs, and it, that it allows me to paint the picture as realistically as possible. The, the opening scene of Graveyard Bay takes place in a marina, and um, that, that forklift that was used uh, as a murder weapon uh, actually exists. And I got a chance to go out to a marina that I know about, and the owner let me uh, scramble about on this massive forklift and uh, I didn't drive it because if you make a mistake on that thing, you can you can like break boats. But he did uh, he did have one of his people you know take me for a ride, and we picked up boats and we moved them around, and uh, it just gave me a, a good feel for it. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if that answered any of your question. <laughs> well, it kind of skirted or, or skirted around it. I mean, it's it's obvious inside your books that you're writing about places that you know. Uh, Brad 
Brad Taylor, who I love his books and had the honor of interviewing um, live in person and also on the radio, so many of his books, I'm like, oh, my God, you make me feel like I'm totally there, and you do that too. And he said one of the things he does, and James Rollins says this as well, is for every piece of reality you put in the book, a place, a street, a business, that makes people feel, oh, wow, you know, this is really true. He said, and then I can weave in two or three other pieces that are not real, but then people begin to question what's real and what's not. And they don't know. So, I mean, in, um... uh, that, that, that actually happens. A lot of folks who, who have lived up in Fairfield County, Connecticut, which is where the books basically take place, um, have written to me going, is this restaurant that you wrote about in the book, is, is that actually, and they would name a restaurant. And I said, well, good eye. Yeah, that, that actually is that particular restaurant. Or um, a ferry boat. You know, I wrote about a ferry boat in uh, Random Road that gets caught in a, a storm out on Long Island Sound. And that ferry boat belonged to an organization that I happened to be president of at the time. So it's, it's, it's kind of fun that you, you write real places, but your, your author friend is absolutely correct. You, you make up stuff, too. That's, that's the cool thing about being a fiction writer. I get to make stuff up. Well, I, that ferry boat scene, I remember, because I was on the board of that charity as well, of that nonprofit yeah. as well, and I was like, oh, I know that boat. <laughs> yeah, 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 you do, you do. And, and it makes it fun, but did you train to do things like that, or did you just know from your love of reading over the years that you needed to weave reality and fiction both into what what you write about i'm i'm not sure that i consciously made that decision i've i i write what i enjoy writing and i i really do it and i and i hope readers like it um enough to buy more books but uh my my editor, as a matter of fact, just last night asked me to uh, send her a list of authors that I would like to be on a shelf with. And I thought it was an interesting question. And I sent her a long list. And then I wrote her back two more emails after that with lists of authors that I, I remembered uh, after the first email. So I think it's, it's from reading so many different genres of books and uh, just knowing that I, I love mysteries, for, for one, and how they, how they wrote and how it made me feel. And I think that, that really impacted the way I write. I love that question that she asked you. What authors would you like to be on a shelf list? Yeah, with? It, was, it was a really interesting question. What did you find so interesting about the question? Well, it, it made me look at myself. Because, you know, it's these authors are the ones who have influenced me, and I enjoy reading. And it was, it was a wide range. It, it went anywhere from Joseph Heller, who wrote um, um, Catch-22, uh, to Kurt Vonnegut, to Jerzy Kaczynski, to Michael Connolly, uh, to Sue Grafton. Um, Joe Nesbo is a Scandinavian mystery, mystery writer, writes dark 
dark mysteries. And my editor, just she loves it because she... She paid me a real compliment the other day. She, she said, you know, you're, you're one of the nicest, most charming guys I know, um, but you know something? You're, you're dark. You're bloodthirsty. And I said, yeah. <laughs> oh, what a way to go into the national news. One of the nicest guys she knows, and you're dark. That's perfect. We're going to be right back, Tom, to talk more about your books, including your newest one, Graveyard Bay, coming out September 10th. Um, anywhere books are sold and it's a privilege to finally get you on the show and we'll be right back everyone because you know it's all about the questions if you want to write Welcome back, everybody. I hope you did not miss the first half of the show. If you're listening on the podcast part, nope, you probably did not miss the first half because that would have meant you would have had a fast forward to get to this part of the show. But if you're listening live on iHeartRadio, know that you can always catch my podcast around the world, um, anywhere your favorite podcasts are played, whether that's iTunes or Google Play or Spotify or uh Tune in or my website over at itsallaboutthequestions.com at laurasteward.com. So my guest today is Tom Kyes. He's got a new book coming out, the third book in a series with the Geneva Chase Mystery Series, Graveyard Bay, coming out um, anywhere books are sold on September 10th, and you can pre-order the copy. If you heard the first half of the show, you know I am a massive, massive, massive geek fan of his books. And, um, Tom, before the break... We were talking about a question that your publisher posed about what authors would you like to be on a shelf with. And that really got me thinking because this is something that as an author myself, I find that a lot of people who come to me advice forget. Being an author nowadays is a business. It's mm-hmm. not just oh, yeah. about writing the book. It, you know, any publisher you get, any agent you get, want to know how you are going to promote your book for you. So that question about who would you like to be on a shelf with really helps you understand your brand a lot more. How do you balance your career as an author with your career as the head of a chamber of commerce in North Carolina? Yeah, that's 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 a really good question um, because my day job, which is as the head of our chamber of commerce here in our lovely Carteret County on the beautiful coast of North Carolina, um, obviously takes up a fair amount of time, and writing a book takes a fair amount of time. So I spend a lot of evenings and almost every single weekend. Uh, you know, banging away at my laptop uh, when it comes to writing. The uh, be- because the books have done so well. Uh, my wife Cindy, who actually is one of the driving forces for me to to continue writing, um, doesn't make me garden anymore. I still have to mow the lawn, and I still have to take out the garbage. Mister Big Shot Author has to mow the lawn and take out the garbage, but. Uh, she wants to see me up in my office over the garage uh, working on the next book. So um, if Cindy's listening, love you. <laughs> Tell, and Cindy, Laura saying hi, been forever. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, that's interesting because your day job of heading a chamber doesn't end at 9 to 5. Many chamber events happen evenings, on weekends. So... That makes it even harder, I would imagine, to find time to write 
in spite of your wife, Cindy, saying you don't have to garden anymore. It's still yeah. how do you set yourself the focus? I this, I this is part of the advice that I give anybody who wants to write, uh, whether it's short stories or books or novels or whatever. Write something every day. Don't let a day go by where you haven't written something, even if it's just for yourself, it's just a random thought or bits of dialogue. What I will do is basically I don't outline a book up front. I try to visualize a scene. So as I'm writing the book, I may not even know who the bad guy or bad guys are. Uh, I don't visualize that until maybe about halfway through the book. And then I have to start putting the pieces together because you've, you've, you've dropped clues. Um, but you've got to tie it all back together again. It's got to make sense. And at the end of the book, you know, the reader has to be able to say, oh, yeah, now I see. Uh, I get it. Or, you know, I should have seen it coming. You know, you've got to write the plot twist. There's, there's, there's a lot to writing a mystery. You're writing a big puzzle. And um, you, you can't cheat people. You have to put the clues in there. So it's, uh, it's, it's a real tightrope walk. You know, I've never figured out the end of your books yet. I think I know well, where they're good. going, but I don't. Uh-huh. And it's rare yeah, I, I get I stumped. Take that, I take that as a compliment. You should, because I rarely get stumped. <laughs> <laughs> so perhaps yeah. the way you're writing them allows that, because as you're writing them, you're allowing it to unfold in your own mind. I, I, you do, and that's what makes it fun, because you're not 100% sure what the next chapter looks like or even what somebody's going to say. I've had plot twists uh, that it's like I didn't see coming. I, honest to God, did not see some of the plot twists in my book coming. I'm writing it, and then, bang, it's on, on a sheet of paper, and I go, wow, that really was pretty cool. Where'd that come from? And it's almost like at a certain point when you're writing a book, the characters take on a life of their own. And when I'm driving in the car, I'll, I'll hear conversations in my head. I, that sounds crazy as I'll get out. But um, I'll get back here at the chamber, and I'll just jot some notes back down about what the conversation was and how it took place. So um, there you go. Well, uh, uh, you know, talking about jotting down conversations and things like that, you know, you are one of the nicest people I've known in my life, right? Uh You have this very upbeat, very positive, otherwise, heck, you could never be the head of a chamber of commerce if you were not that positive person. That's just not who a chamber of commerce is, right? There's somebody that is is supportive and pulls people up and lifts people up, right? Or you got a cheerleader, yeah. Yeah, but your books are dark. I mean, they have that journalist, like uh, Brad Parks, when I had him on the show once, uh, we were talking about, because he was a journalist in Newark on the crime beat, mm-hmm. not one of the best places that you'd necessarily want to be hanging out. There's a lot of darkness there, and he wrote for the Washington Post and stuff, too. How do you balance the the darkness? I mean, this book has these S&Ms and murders and the way people are murdered and all of your books. How do you... Do you have nightmares? <laughs> How does your brain go there and come out being 
Thomas Kyes still. I know. And my, my wife Cindy says that she's got to sleep with one eye open. She didn't realize all that bad stuff was going on in my head. Um, and I think I might have mentioned earlier in your show that uh, my editor paid me a great compliment and that, that she said that uh, you're such a nice, charming guy. Uh, dark. <laughs> it just happens to be bloodthirsty and dark. I go, yeah, well, thanks. I take it as a compliment. Um, some of the locations that I talk about in the books, people go, well, how do you know about these things? Well, I used to work for newspapers, you know, not only in Connecticut, but uh, in, in other towns and other states. So I, I had a chance to be in and out of a lot of different interesting places and see a lot of interesting things and talk to some fascinating people. Uh, some, some folks were just the nicest folks you ever want to meet, and some were just they were they, they were evil. I mean, you, should, you could just almost feel it coming off them. So um, once again, the, you, there's a balance of reality and imagination that's involved when you're writing this sort of thing. And uh, I've I've never felt as if I wanted to kill somebody, especially not in the methods that some of the bad guys use in my books. And if you will notice in my books, there's, there's not a lot of violence that takes place. Um, and in many cases, the, it's, in, it's implied or it's already happened or it's happened off-scene. Uh, a lot of my readers, um, a lot of my readers are female. And I don't want to break up readers into genders, uh, but I am very sensitive that I don't want to turn somebody off by writing something like torture porn. Uh, that's not my style. I would rather uh, set a scene that you might feel that sense of dread but I don't want you turned off. Oh, so you're the Alfred Hitchcock of novels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I love Hitchcock. So if you, he would be one of the people he'd want to be a shelf with, is Hitchcock, with the way he did that. Because there is definitely that feel throughout your books, which I love, because it leaves it to my imagination. Mm. Like you said, you never yeah. described Geneva Chase. And you never fully describe most characters. You give us enough about them that we put the faces. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, you, you're, you're probably visualizing somebody that you know in, in, that, in that character. And that's what I want. I, I want. I want my readers to be able to exercise their imagination uh, right along with uh, my, my giving you what I hope is a, is a pretty good story. What's been the hardest part about being an author for you? A successful author, because you are a successful getting, author. Well, originally getting published, like I said before, this is, this is actually my, my fifth attempt at a novel, uh, Random Road, and it might have been my last, just to give you a little insight. First book I, I ever wrote was uh, a historical novel about pirates called Crossbones, and uh, historical novels are not my genre. I'll never do that again. Second book was a mystery uh, called Pieces of Jake, and uh, just couldn't get an agent involved. I, I, wrote, uh, I wrote Graveyard Bay, originally as a horror story. Um, obviously, I liked the title so much, I, I brought it back and put it in the third book. And then I wrote a fourth book called Night Chains, which was a flat-out thriller. It was so bad, my wife wouldn't read it. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So, you know, I going, man, you know, I'm going to give this one more shot. And uh, if it doesn't work, then, you know, we'll, we'll do something else. But Random Road, uh, I managed to get an agent. And that's, that's, boy, that was hard trying to find an agent. 
But at uh, Random Road, they liked it enough where I had four agents ask for the entire manuscript at the same time. And uh, I signed with a fabulous agent. Her name's Kimberly Cameron out in San Francisco. And she, she believed in me. She, she said, we will find you a publisher, and she did. And uh, the publisher has been wonderful to work with, Poison Pen Press. And they just got bought out, correct? I'm sorry? Did Poison Pen just oh, get the, bought out? They or did. merged with uh, somebody else? They, they, were, they merged with a much larger publisher by the name of Sourcebooks. Sourcebooks is actually the 10th largest publishing house in uh, the country. Uh, it's actually the largest one outside of New York. And Sourcebooks, 40, I think it's 45% of the equity in Sourcebooks was just purchased by Penguin Random House. So suddenly I had gone from a boutique publishing house, Poison Pen, uh, to I'm still working with the folks at Poison Pen, but I've got this marketing muscle now that is substantial. And, um, and when I travel now, uh, they, they actually pay for my airfare <laughs> in my hotel. Uh, so it's, it's cool stuff. It, you, know, you start to feel like an author once you start you sold some books and, and they, they invest back into you. And they only do that, though, when you've proven that you can write. Because I, I know a lot of people that have books with Penguin and whatever, and, you know, they got the deal because they have a platform or they were somebody that could easily be marketed. So you've got to feel really good about the fact that you're there right now. I, I do. Um, probably the, the coolest thing about being an author was when Random Road first came out, and it sold out of its first hard copy printing before the launch date. I go, wow, that's, that's impressive. Of course, it was a small print because I was a brand-new author. They didn't know how many to print. Yeah, but that's definitely but more than friends and family buying your book. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I was, I was lucky that Library Journal uh, gave it a starred review and made it debut of the month. So some of my biggest, my biggest fans are libraries. Um, there's something like 9,000 libraries across the United States, and when, you, when they buy your book, they buy multiple copies. So I'll tell you, I was, I was in Philadelphia uh, last year in March for uh, the Public Library Association conference, and it was the best book signing I've ever been. I felt like a rock star. I was at something called the Pyramid Club, eight floors above downtown Philadelphia, and it was a live band. It was an open bar, all the food you could eat, and I was one of two authors who were signing books that night. We went through two cases of books. And I just, man, you know, people were asking to have your picture taken. That, that blew me away. Of course, then you come back and you'll go to a bookstore someplace. Nobody knows you. Right. <laughs> You're just sitting there all on your own. It's very grounding. <laughs> you can have, you know, it, it's, you, it's something like uh, when I was in Philadelphia, you know, I felt like a rock star. And then, you know, I, I come back and I got this little town bookstore I'm at and there's nobody there. I go, oh, all right, well, there you go. It, it is funny how you can go from three to 400 people at a book signing, and then you go to another one, and one person shows up, and you just have to be yeah. that, that one person you're meant to meet because something's going to change because of that for them or yeah. for yourself. I, I, I never consider it to be a waste of time. It's, it's always nice to be meeting people, and I, I love seeing their faces, and I love to hear about what they enjoy reading. Yeah. So 
what's next for you? I mean, you said that there's a fourth book coming. Graveyard Day is coming out September 10th, and people can buy advanced copies, correct? Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Not advanced copies. They can pre-order their copy because they can pre-order the copy. A few of us are special who get advanced readers' copies. <laughs> <laughs> You're special, Laura. That's why you got one. Oh man, I love reading them. They're so much fun when you get them in advance. It's like, oh, I feel so special. <laughs> uh, so talk about how downside people... with. Go ahead. What's that? I said talk well, about how people can thing... find your books and and get them. Uh, you can you can get them on Amazon, Barnes and Noble website, Target website carries it, uh, Books a Million, um, Hudson Books uh, generally has it on their website. Uh, if you go into a bookstore and they don't have one of my books, um, go to the manager and say, "Hey, what's the matter with you people? <laughs> get Tom Kaiser's book in here," and it's Thomas Kaiser. Uh, as the author, I had somebody saying, you know, I couldn't find you on Amazon. Well, you were looking under Tom Kai's. My, my agent insisted that I use the name Thomas. Really? Because you're just, you're so Tom. I know, right? So, but, you know, they do it for a reason, and, and that's, sometimes you just have to trust that the agents know the, the best stuff. So Graveyard Day comes out September 10th. You've got the other two books out. first two I read on Kindle. I bought them. Graveyard Bay, I have the advanced copy. And we now know that there's going to be a fourth book out coming out in September of 2020. September seems to be the time of release for your books that your publishers like. Um, what else is, is – are you going to be doing a book tour for Graveyard Bay? Well, to start out with, on uh, the book is officially launched on September 10th. On September 9th, I'm going to be doing a book signing at the Poison Pen Bookstore in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, it's a little advance party that we got going, and then I'll be flying back here to North Carolina. Uh, and Friday that Friday the 13th of that week, uh, I've got a book launch party at uh, one of our local restaurants that I always do a book launch at. And uh, they've got a band that'll be there, and it's, that's always a lot of fun. And then the following weekend, I'm going to be in Spartanburg, South Carolina. There's something called the uh, Southern Southern Independent Booksellers Alliance, and it's their conference. And I'm one of the featured authors for that, which I'm really excited about. That's an honor. And, that's uh, really great. Yeah, it really is. I'm, I'm super stoked about that. And then you know we'll we'll take a look. I, I do I do a lot of different conferences. I was in New York uh, last month, and um, I was one of the featured speakers at something called Thriller Fest. And I'll be in Dallas uh, first week in November for a huge mystery conference there. And uh, and I, I you know I do bookstores. Um, if I'm if, if I'm invited, basically, I did one in Winchester, Virginia, earlier this year that was really fabulous. It was uh, the same weekend as something called Virginia Festival of the Book that I was invited to be a speaker at. So I, you know, I do a fair amount of traveling, but I also have to temper that with the fact that I've got a day job. A day job that has nights and weekends involved with it too, because that's what being part of a chamber is all about. And I'm oh, just yeah. going to plug for Chambers right now since you are the head of a Chamber of Commerce. It was the best thing I ever did when I wanted to grow my tech business. Um, you know, building up local 
is so huge and Chamber of Commerce is our, the best way to do that. We happen to have some great Chamber of Commerce here in Vero Beach and Sebastian as well, and I just think they're the best things in the world, and hopefully you're doing stuff with your books with the Chamber. Well, I yeah, you know, it, we've got a fabulous uh, marketing system and communications network here at the Chamber using both old-style media and uh, social media. <coughs> Excuse me. So being the president of the chamber, you know, I can, I can do a lot of things with it. However, uh, I, there are other authors we have in this market, and for them to use our communications network, they, they join. They write a check. So I join the chamber as Thomas Kai's author. I write a check every year so I can utilize our communications system and not right. feel guilty. I, I think that's a great way of doing it because you're respecting the the line between your yeah. day job and your other job. And that's really important for people, I think, to understand because so many people have a day job and they're hoping to have another career as well that's more about themselves. So it's a great lesson for people to learn is where is that line and how do you walk it? Yeah. And I, I always, and I, I have to look at myself in the mirror, you know, and I want to make sure that the person that looking back at me um, hasn't done something that uh, I should be ashamed of. So, um, and you're absolutely right. I, you know, I love doing the Chamber of Commerce thing. I, I get to be the area's cheerleader. Uh, we bring businesses together. We've got almost a thousand members here on the coast. And when we do a business after hours, you know, we get as many as 500 people. So it's it's just such a it's a, such a great thing where people are networking, and here people like to do business with folks that they know. So, um, and we're a tourist area. So if you've uh, spent the off season here for any amount of time, you get to know all the locals. Right. So that's a great promotional thing for my listeners that are authors or want to be authors is join your chamber of commerce. Don't count that out as another way of getting known as an author. That's right. And they, That's you right. often bring in speakers and stuff too. So it, it's a great we do, and thing to know people. I'll tell you, I get invited to a lot of book clubs to, to be a speaker. People like to, in book clubs, they go, wow, we can have the actual author here. Right. We can actually ask questions. I love book clubs. So, um, you know, don't discount that. And I, I get a lot of book club gigs from uh, chamber meetings. It's perfect. And you can even Skype into them. I Skyped into one in Maryland once. And they're like, okay, but here's the only contingency. You have to have a wine glass with some wine in it next to you because you drink a lot of wine during our book thing. And we want to feel like you're really here with us. <laughs> yeah. Book, book, clubs, book clubs and wine seem to go together. I don't know why, but they do. They do. It's great. It's a lot of fun. And if you don't drink, that's fine, too. Um, I, I couldn't drink that day, so I had grape juice in mine. Um, but it didn't matter. They just wanted to feel like you were a, a part of being it. How can people reach out to you and find out more about what's going on with you as an author and a human being? They can go to my website, which is www.thomaskaisauthor.com. Um, and there's a way that you can email me. Just hit the little button on my website, and I have a lot of folks from all over the world who uh, write me notes and letters, and I, I always write back. So uh, don't be afraid to go to the website. That's www.thomaskaisauthor.com. 
Perfect. And I know since, you know, I broadcast out of Vero Beach, Florida, we have one of the top independent bookstores in the country, the Vero Beach Book Center. It would be so cool if you and your publisher could get together with the book center and come probably best for you since we are also a seasonal town, come during season this year and uh, talk to us about your, your book and stuff. I know I would love to have you, and you always have a place to stay, you and Cindy and the pop. Aww. Thank you. I might, hey, I might show up on your doorstep here one of these days with a box of books, so just be careful what you, what you ask for. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. You guys are always welcome. Since I can't travel with this ear issue right now, I can't come to North Carolina. So you guys, are, you're going to have to come to me. <laughs> It's a deal. I'm, I'm going to do my best to get down that way. All right. Last thought you want to share with everybody? Um, just, uh, just know that I, I have a great time writing them. I hope you have a great time reading them. And uh, don't be afraid to, if you, if you buy the book on Amazon, please uh, give an honest review. We, we love to hear back from folks. And I read every single review I get. So um, please do that. Yeah, reviews are really, really important for authors, and people tend to forget that, that that's especially with a lot of online buying happening now. Even if you go buy it at a local bookstore, you often have checked out the book online first to see what people are saying about it. So, yeah, write reviews about any book you read. Tom's books, I know that the reviews are great because I've written several of them. Um, I read every review anybody's written about my books, and uh, I want to thank you so much for being here with me today, Tom. Thanks, Laura. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody, remember the right questions can change your life, so what are you asking today? Have a great day. Grab Tom's latest book, and you know what? Write a review about your favorite book today. Have a great day, everyone. It's all about the questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.